Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new Pennywise podcast from Lee Enterprises. I'm Terry Barr, your host. Happy to be with you again today. And uh, we're talking about a new survey. Did you hear about this? Uh, about half of Americans right now are supporting the idea of expanding Medicare benefits. I am so happy to welcome into the Pennywise podcast to talk about this topic, Kate Ashford from NerdWallet. Hey, Kate. Hi, Terry. How are you? Oh, I'm good. And, and hope you are well as well, Kate. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. You know, I started with that more than half of Americans supporting expanding Medicare benefits, but there's even more support for something else we're going to dive into related to Medicare. First, though, I want to learn a little bit more about this survey. Why did you decide this was important to do right now? And, and was there a good number of people that took uh, part in this survey? Sure. So NerdWallet commissioned a survey that was conducted online by the Harris Poll, asking about 2,000 U.S. adults whether they supported a number of potential changes to Medicare. Um, and this came up because Medicare has been a really hot topic lately. There have been a lot of discussions about potential changes to the program, everything from expanding Medicare to include dental and vision and hearing care, lowering the eligibility age of Medicare, allowing younger people to buy into Medicare, allowing the government to negotiate drug prices for Medicare, um, putting a cap on out-of-pocket spending for original Medicare, and uh, of course, Medicare for all, which has been part of the conversation for a few years now. Yeah. Uh, so we found that about half of Americans uh, support some kind of expansion to Medicare. 53% of U.S. adults support the idea of expanding original Medicare to include dental, vision, and hearing coverage, which currently is not a part of original Medicare. Mm. Uh, and 54% of people support the idea of the government um, negotiating lower prices for prescription drugs covered under, under Medicare. Okay, so that's the higher respondent rate. Let, let's dive into that one a little bit. Why do you think that's so important? Uh, the idea of having the government be able to do a little finagling when it comes to uh, getting better prescription prices. What would that do for people? Well, prescription drug prices have been a part of the discussion for a while now because for people with certain illnesses, certain chronic conditions, specialty drugs can really get expensive. So if you take, for instance, someone who has rheumatoid arthritis, and that is, for instance, about 1.3 million people over the age of 60, um, a lot of those folks uh, use a class of drug called biologics. It's a specialty drug and it's expensive. It costs between $1,000 to $3,000 every month. Ooh. So it's it it can really add up. Um, Medicare does have drug coverage. That's Medicare Part D. Uh, but the way it's set up, if your drugs are expensive, you're still going to spend quite a bit out of pocket. So for instance, you're probably going to have a deductible. So that's the amount you spend before your insurance kicks in at all. And then there will be co-pays and co-insurances, uh, which is you pay a percentage of your drug prices up to a certain point. And once your out-of-pocket costs hit a certain threshold uh, in 20. 21, that's a little over $4,100. Once you get there in out-of-pocket costs, you hit this thing called the donut hole. It's sort of a gap in coverage. It's gotten smaller over the years, but right now it's uh, it's still there. And when you're in this donut hole, you pay uh, about 25% of the cost of your prescription drugs while you're in that gap. So if you're paying for a really expensive drug, yeah. that's going to add up. 
And then there's another threshold you'll hit at about $6,500 called catastrophic coverage. So once you've, once you've paid all these out-of-pocket costs up to $6,500, uh, you hit catastrophic coverage under Medicare Part D. Um, and then your co-pays and co-insurances are lower, but there is no limit on what you can spend out-of-pocket in a year. So if you are paying for specialty drugs and you're paying a percentage of all the specialty drugs, if those specialty drugs cost thousands of dollars, you really could end up with a, a rather large drug bill at the end of the year. Oh my so gosh. legislation like this would really affect people's pocketbooks directly by lowering the, the, the cost they're paying for the drugs that they need to treat their conditions. And people who might need specialty drugs might include people who have cancer, who have hepatitis C, um, multiple sclerosis, of course, rheumatoid arthritis. And it's so interesting when you talk about um, Medicare and you consider the age of people um, with this plan, I, I, I can't imagine not having the prescription at all and then having to pay out of pocket. Some of those prices you mentioned are just extraordinary. They're, they're really high. They're pretty prohibitive. And that's why there's, there's so much attention right now on the cost of drugs. And it it seems like of all the changes that have been proposed to Medicare, it's one of the changes that seems to have the most bipartisan backing. People on both sides of the aisle um, are in support of trying to do something about prescription prices. So this one has really the best chance of making it across the finish line, I think. Gotcha. Okay. How about the other part of the survey um, with the benefit expansion? And I'll be honest, you know, we get so used to our regular health insurance, you know, that does often include things, you know, like eyes and dental. But you're saying um, Medicare currently does not have these things and people overall would like to see this added. Overall, 53% of people would like to see Medicare include dental and vision and hearing coverage. And a lot of people are surprised to learn that original Medicare does not include these coverages. Uh, once you are eligible for Medicare, you will need to purchase either a private policy or a Medicare Advantage plan, which includes all the benefits of original Medicare plus some additional benefits. So actually, of people who are eligible for Medicare, 42% of them have a Medicare Advantage plan, much of them because it does offer the additional benefits. Um, it would really seem like a slam dunk to include these coverages for all people who are eligible for Medicare, but it's, it's a sort of a tricky equation because insurance, the economies of insurance kind of work on the, the idea that generally we pay more into the system than we pull out in the cost of services. That's how insurance companies stay afloat. Makes but sense. When, it, when it comes to something like dental, particularly for older adults, people use this coverage. They see the dentist twice a year. If they need some procedures done, it's expensive work. And so it's sort of a tougher, it's a tougher equation to make fit into the finances of a government program. What do you think is the chance for this happening? I don't know. Um, it, it seems like there's certainly a, a good amount of public support for it, but uh, I haven't seen anyone try to, to, to get this one across the aisle yet. Okay, and public support doesn't always translate to uh, our our lawmakers um, pushing it for us. So, okay, it, it'll be interesting to watch. That's for sure. Um, the other one you mentioned, Medicare for all. This one really has me curious. What does what does that actually mean for all? Who's that? Well, so that's the interesting thing about Medicare for all is that it means a few things. There are more than one Medicare for all proposal on the table. So. Uh, over the years, there have been discussions about a program that would, for instance, replace Medicare, replace all private health insurance, and there would be one government-run option. Or uh, there's been discussion about creating a, a, 
this option run by the government, but you could opt out for your employer insurance if you wanted to. Uh, or uh, there's been discussion about making this public option um, a marketplace choice for the people that don't get insurance to their job. So if you get insurance to your job, great. If you don't right now, you currently have to shop on the marketplace for um, a plan from a private insurer and some Medicare for all plans just want to add a public option to your list of choices. Uh, so that, and those are only three proposals. There are others. So it's, there's, there's a lot of uh, confusion about what Medicare for all actually means. And yeah. <laughs> Generally, people were not really wild about Medicare for all. We found that about 35% of people, so only about a third of Americans, um, would support a Medicare for all program. Um, we aren't sure whether that's because people don't really understand what it what it would include, mm -hmm. um, if people are happy with their coverage, and many people are happy with their current coverage, and they feel like Medicare for all is some kind of government takeover of their insurance. Uh, they are people are resistant to change, so it doesn't fit everyone's idea of of a great time. Um, but it could also be that people are caregivers now too for their parents and their parents have had experiences with Medicare. Medicare is not an uncomplicated program. So people sometimes are like, mm, maybe not for me quite yet. Uh, so that's uh, that's an option. We also found for, for other sort of expansions of Medicare, like allowing younger people to buy in, there is a, uh, a current, the Medicare at 50 Act is currently been reintroduced. It was first introduced in 2019. It's been reintroduced this year that would allow people age 50 to 64 to purchase a Medicare or Medicare Advantage plan. Um, and there's not a lot of support for that. Only about 31% of people uh, would support that as a change. And there have also been talks about lowering the Medicare eligibility age. So right now at 65, you're eligible for Medicare. Uh, we've talked about lowering the age to 60 or 55 or even 50, but less than a quarter of Americans are are fans of that plan. <laughs> so it is so fascinating. There. You know, you, you think about even 60, 55 or 50, so many people are still working and have some sort of insurance. And then I guess when you just think about ages in general, 50 is so young. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess just the idea of Medicare at, at age 50, that's, that's really fascinating. It's really interesting. And I, it's, what's even more interesting is that the support for uh, buying in for 50 to 64 year olds right. um, is the smallest among people over age 65. So the folks who've got Medicare, uh, I, I sort of feel like, uh, you know, we earned our program. <laughs> Let's keep it here. So yeah. it's, it's yeah. interesting to see how the numbers come out. I can see that. Definitely. So what do you anticipate happens next? Where, where is this all, all headed right now? Well, there, there was a fair amount of momentum toward trying to get President Biden to include an expansion to Medicare in the American Families Plan. Um, in April, a group of senators sent him a letter urging him to expand Medicare benefits by adding vision, dental, hearing coverage, um, urging him to put an out-of-pocket cap, a limit on um, out-of-pocket spending for original Medicare, and to allow the government to negotiate lower drug prices. Uh, there was also a group of House Democrats that sent him a letter urging him to do the same things. Uh, but in the end, he didn't include any Medicare expansions in the plan. So it seems he decided to focus on other things. Uh, he did include um, some changes to the Affordable Care Act. So he seems to have turned his attention that way. Um, I would keep an eye, though, on drug costs uh, and whether we can get some legislation through to control prescription drug costs. President Biden, though he, he hasn't done anything in the American Families Plan, has indicated still additional interest in 
um, trying to trying to keep Medicare prices low, um, maybe trying to place an out-of-pocket cap on drug spending under Part D. Remember, I mentioned there's no limit on drug spending under Part Medicare Part D, yes. uh, and and even limiting drug increases to the rate of inflation, so that in a given year, a pharmaceutical company can't really hike the prices up past mm -hmm. um, the rate of inflation. So I. Again, that, that does seem to have bipartisan support. It's actually something that President Trump tried to address while he was in office. So it's something that has a good chance of, of making some progress over the next few months. Okay. It's so interesting. We've talked about so many different points in this. And at some point, it does sound that maybe one thing will squeak on through and the rest may hit the floor, I guess. Yeah, it's something It's something that I'm watching. And I'll, I'll be keeping an eye, too, on the, um, the American Families Plan just in general to see what happens. Um, there's a lot going on there. It does have to pass both houses of Congress. And though there isn't anything in there about Medicare expansion, right. he did um, he did include expanded tax credits for people to save money on their health insurance premiums under the Affordable Care Act. So, so that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So what can we learn from this? Is there any takeaway for us? Or I guess we just have to wait and see what happens. I think we have to wait and see what happens. And there are there are a number of Medicare proposals that are still sitting, waiting for attention and, and being argued. For instance, there's a proposal that's been introduced recently to try to get Medicare to cover um, telehealth visits that are only over the phone. So non-video telehealth visits. So there's discussion about the coverage of, of different telehealth, uh, telehealth things, among other things. So it's it's just something to watch. There's, I think there's a lot of movement toward expanding and improving on Medicare. So we just have to wait and see what happens. Okay. Wow. Thank you for breaking it all down for us, making it understandable. This could be a really tough topic. And uh, Kate, you handled it like a champion. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Oh, it was wonderful. Kate Ashford from Nerd Wallet joining us for today's Pennywise podcast. And again, I'm Terry Barr. You can find Pennywise wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. And again, Kate and I thank you for being here today.